0: You are listening to the Manos Accelerator podcast in partnership with Google Launchpad. We interview rockstar entrepreneurs who share their exact formulas for success in customer acquisition, growth hacking, fundraising, or scaling a company. And I'm your host, Juan Felipe Campos. Manos Nation, there is no better way for you to support the production of this podcast than by giving us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. Let's help each other out. I will send you a list of 100 grants to fund your startup if you review the podcast on iTunes and then tag us on a social media post. Okay, it's very easy. So step one, support us by rating this podcast five stars on iTunes. Step two, tag Manos Accelerator on a social media post. And step three, I will send you a list of 100 grants for your startup. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Manos Accelerator podcast. We have a special guest today from Ripple VC, Mr. Osai Igaro. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Osai, so in about 30, 60 seconds, tell us what do you do? And it's okay to share a brief or relevant story about how you got here.
1: Yeah, uh, so very quickly, I am managing partner at Ripple Venture Capital. Uh, super early stage, pre seed stage venture capital firm focusing on artificial intelligence startups out of Africa. Uh, prior to this, I was startup director at GSV Labs, incubator out in Redwood City. I believe uh, they're now in, in um, San Mateo and Boston. Uh, yeah.
0: Super cool. And actually, um, it, it's very interesting. You're in, you have a foot in Africa. You have a foot here in Silicon Valley. And, and what the kind of stuff that you're doing in Africa is very Cutting edge right now because you're, from what I understand it, investing in AI startups in Africa and having them engage with Silicon Valley accelerators and expand market opportunities and scale product market fit. Did I get that right?
1: That is correct.
0: Perfect. So here's what's really cool. Uh Osei, having you on the show, you definitely know something about fundraising and the investment world that most startup founders don't get. So, what's something about venture capital investments that you've learned over the years? that you could share with the audience and that you wish that startup founders knew before starting to raise a fund?
1: I will share two things. Uh, one of those is, well, they're both basically the same thing, um, to put themselves in the shoes of the investor. Um, there are a lot of blogs and a lot of people have this 10-point or you know template to use. Those are great, but investors don't really think around those things. They're, they think around, they think, of, they think of the investment opportunities from two perspectives, right? One, is this a growth opportunity? Because, bottom line, that's what investors do. They invest in growth opportunities, right? And the that's second right. thing is minimizing risks. So, risks around the product, risk around the, the team, risk around the, the marketplace, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, and risk around the technology. All of these things need to be addressed. So these are these are some of the tips that I give uh, founders everywhere all the time. So think of when you pitch into an investor, pitch in terms of growth and definitely very explicitly show how you're minimizing risks.
0: Love that. So I was listening to the the new president of Y Combinator. He was talking about what he's learned. Um, on, on this very topic. He's talking about when is a good time for startups to raise funds. And he was saying that whenever you can show a, a compelling argument or how this will scale, which is to the to the point that you're talking about with growth, and then also be able to minimize and mitigate the risks that are inherent in your industry or in your team or whatever those risks are that you're able to lower those risks. Now you're speaking the language of, of the VC is what I'm tying like what he's saying and what you're saying. So that's amazing. Can you walk us through a typical fundraising process, what it actually looks like at your firm from you know, intro all the way to having money in the bank, and is there a point where the VC just literally wire transfers the money into a startup's bank account? How, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so our process is uh, a little different uh, because of it's super early and super technical. Um, it's not your average process. So ours begins with my venture partners run the three premier AI conferences on the continent, so data Science Africa, Data Science Nigeria, and Deep Learning in Daba. Um, And because I'm investing in highly technical teams, and I don't have a technical background, I rely very heavily on my venture partners to source these, to serve as this first filter, if you will. Um, So the process begins with 20 startups pitching at the at the conference, um, and the top 10 of those getting being winning access to a virtual accelerator program uh, being run in the Bay. Uh, being run by 40 plus mentors to really get and, pa- and, and, and strengthen the, 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 the value prop of the startups. Um, gotcha. And this is a 10 week process. And when they come out of the gate, uh, out of that, um, then I look at the top five for investment consideration, right? And at that point, I'm weighing them very heavily against risk profiles. Right, super early stage. Probably not the time to be talking about risk or, training, or trying to super minimize risk. But um, that's just my approach, right? Because I'm trying to get the very best out of the continent into the Bay Area. So those five are the ones that I work very closely with. Me and the, the rest of the team work very closely with to, you know, prepare them and get them into Bay Area accelerators. Right, and of course, before that happens, I write a check, um, aligned very strongly aligned to expected milestones over up to a twelve month period.
0: Very cool. So you guys are serving as a soft as a soft pad for them to go from Africa into Silicon Valley, but you're not necessarily going from Africa into Silicon Valley VCs directly. You're giving them the runway for them to, to have another soft landing into a different program, that like a 500 Startups or The Alchemist or Y Combinator, one of these programs, and now they're able to go through that acceleration program post-revenue, um, pre-profit, but now they're already they're live and they're talking to clients, and at that point, uh, you see them go off and then hopefully raise up follow-up funds in like seed or a Series A?
1: So, you know, the plan is for them to go through the program successfully and come out the other end and raise a seed round. And another 12, 24 months, go ahead and do a Series A and, and you know, and grow from there.
0: Before we continue with the episode, you should know about this. We recently partnered with Brex, the smart credit card for founders to finance and boost their startups. Everything about Brex is made for startup and e-commerce founders just like you. The card scales with you and gives you up to 20 times higher credit limits than any competing card. And for listeners of this podcast, benefit from our partnership and get $5,000 in AWS credits, plus absolutely no card fees for life by activating your account through our partnership link. It's brex.com slash manos, brex, B-R-E-X dot com slash manos, M-A-N-O-S, to get all of your fees waived for life and $5,000 in AWS credits. Now on to the episode. Perfect. Okay, so yeah, like, like you said, you're targeting really early stage startups, which is great info for us to know. What are the three biggest, most common reasons or factors that you do pass on an investment?
1: Um. Well, I mean, well, two are easy, right? If it's not a growth opportunity, if I don't see, you know, if I, I don't see the compelling growth opportunity, right? um, And also any of the risks, right? Uh, The third one is also if I don't get a sense that I can really trust the person. You know what I mean? Um, Because this is a this is a long term relationship, as you know. Um, So if I don't get a sense Mm -hmm. that you know this person is, this person is going to hang in there. Right, Uh, that's a bit of a turnoff, you know. And uh, you know, I I tend
0: to look elsewhere. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's really interesting to hear this from you because I'm sure you get founders that they probably think that they have to have a great answer to the growth and to the risk, and they do. But more than anything, you're, you're probably thinking like, are these guys even self aware of like the the risks, or are they living in such a reality distortion field that they are blind? to the the cap on their growth potential based on their current business model, based on their current customer acquisition strategies, or are they blind to the risks and they're not mitigating for them, they're not mitigating against them, And so if that's the case, then you probably can't trust them to actually be able to execute it. So do they have the the strength to actually push forward with their vision, but at the same time, balancing the humility to be able to pivot very, very quickly. And if you're missing any of these items, at that point, you're like, listen, we can't be in business. You just don't get, you don't have the self-awareness about the problems that you are going to have to eventually uh, tackle. So that's super interesting.
1: So you know, and I try not to. I try to be, you know, straightforward and, and honest about these things. Um, not every startup is for me, you know, and I'm definitely not for it yeah. every startup, and that's okay. Um, so it's all about going putting together a process that helps accelerate that match, that fit. Yeah. Right. It helps excel, yeah. That Makes it happen sooner, um, and that's that's
0: what we're doing here. That makes sense. So a lot of founders listening to this, they're international, just like you see in Africa. In our case, we see in Latin America. And the rockstar founders, they're crushing it in their home countries with their ecosystems, but their ecosystems maybe aren't as developed yet. So they need money to grow and they start looking to the US either as a market um, to get paying customers or to raise funds. They're not incorporated here yet. And so they'll just come here for like a month and they're like, quote unquote, I'm doing like air quotes. They're like, Trying to raise funds like over a weekend or like having it written on the back of a napkin, the expectation is like mismatched. I'm sure you've seen this in, in your experience. Someone comes here for like a month to raise funds and it's like, what is going on, guys? What would you do in their position? What advice would you have for startups that are in that position internationally?
1: Yeah, I, I highly advise against just hopping on a plane and going out to the bay and because how do I put this nicely people in the bay aren't necessarily looking for you know external deal mm-hmm. deal flow you know if you spend a day in the bay you know there's more than enough deal yeah. flow right? Um, so what you yeah. want to do is figure out how to come in as a bay company so for ripple VC companies coming into the bay they come into the bay as a YC mm-hmm. company right? as a 500 company They're not coming in as you know, a company out of a country out now. Right, right. That's a whole different value proposition, whole different positioning, Um, and it's 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 crazy that that's the way it is. But you know that's the way it is, right? That's the reality that we have to deal with um, currently. Um, So I would advise that any startup trying to get into the Bay to raise money go through an accelerator program. Or some kind of yeah. group that immerses startups, you know, international startups in, in, the, in the base ecosystem that has you know, an existing network of mentors and, and investors and corporate partners. Um, you mentioned something earlier that's super key, which is the environments are not conducive for growth. And that's exactly why uh, we're doing this, right? So there is money on the continent. Mm-hmm. Right for you know really good companies will find the money that, that's that 's not a problem where the issues lie is that there 's an absence of high quality mentors in, in on the continent La- absence of a large density of high quality mentors, yeah right, like we have all over the place yeah. in the bay, and also large corporations that can be acquirers mentors inv- uh, acquirers customers investors. Without these two elements, uh, I'm not super confident and, and you know, it, it, for, if an environment lacks these two elements, I wouldn't be super confident in that yep. ecosystem. And that's why I think yep. very, very strongly that, you know, the way, to, the way to accelerate the development of an ecosystem is to find the very best talent and get them into the bear, Give them all the support that they need. Give them their first shot at success. Um, and that way, over time, they can also now extend that access, their access, to people in their home countries.
0: Love that, yeah.
1: That will transform ecosystems. Right, then
0: they're able to actually create those bridges because they understand the local ecosystem that they originally came from. They're able to create intros. And yeah, makes perfect sense. Okay, so as an investor i 've got to ask you this what 's a question that you actually wish that founders would ask you more often
1: um, that's a really good one <laughs> I wish they'd i wish they'd i wish i wish they'd ask uh, this i guess this is something else that a lot of founders don't know um, i wish they'd ask about the uh, the capital deployment process you know, and how basically it'll be it, trunched out right um, because a lot of founders expect to see you know the entire check day one no right <laughs> right. Um, right you know not not that 's not how i i don 't think that that makes a lot of sense um because that exposes the, the investor, right? It doesn't show that you're aligned with the investor. The investor's taking some risks, some risk, right? In giving you, writing um, a, a, a bit of money into your company. Um, and I think, it, I think it would be thoughtful of the founder to say, okay, how do you want to deploy this capital? Do you want to do this twice a year, quarterly, you know, how do you want to do it? Right. I wish more founders asked that right. question. Right. Not just to me, but to right. all investors. Well,
0: and in general, with any kind of money transaction, I like that. I've always thought about it in terms of there's the price and then there's the terms. It's one thing to buy. Um, million car, a dollar a day for the next five million days, which means you'll never even live long enough to pay it off, as opposed to $5 million all cash, all up front, to close within two days. Totally different purchase. And I mean, I'm like making an extreme example there, but it looks the same in the VC world. It's totally different. And we we tend to, As founders, to get hung up on the number itself, racing two million, racing three million, and we make that the North Star as opposed to the actual terms. And even the people that we're getting in cahoots with, like who even are these people, we're just so dead set on that three million dollar number and not on how big we can make the pie with the right people in the right terms, the right deployment of capital.
1: True, true. Yeah. There definitely needs to be a focus on other things besides the number. Right, it's a very long-term play, and some founders get that, and some don't. Um, so that's you know that also yeah. really helps with filtering, because um, there's just a quality of there's a certain quality of startups that you, you can't resist, uh, a quality of founders one just can't resist, you know, and that's part of the reason why I have this intermediary ten-week virtual accelerator process, right, to really polish. Um, and refine the founders um, and also filter out those that really didn't have the stomach to do the job.
0: Wow, right. Okay, awesome. Okay, Mr. Osai, Igaro, as we continue to wrap up the episode, what are your favorite resources for founders? What content do you wish they would consume before meeting you? Uh, is there any podcasts, any books, any courses that you would recommend? Oh, wow. Um,
1: that's a really good question. Uh, I really like the lean startup. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. It's just its just a, it, it, um. One of the reasons why I really like it is because basically it forces you to focus on basically your your MVP, right? It's just delivering just enough to learn. Learn enough to improve the product so you can produce, you know, put something even better out there to gather even more. Just something, just enough. Um, and I think, uh, surprisingly, that's, that's not a very common trait. Um, so I would highly recommend that book.
0: I bet, especially in the space that you're playing in and in any industry that's driven primarily by hardcore tech founders, uh, sometimes we can see the vision so clearly about the tech stack and just how advanced this can be that we forget sometimes that a business isn't a business until there's, money being transacted, essentially. So we will put off actually creating a company until the product itself is ready. And so this is something that we need to be aware of, anyone with a tech background, that you're probably seeing every single day focused on AI startups, people that are totally putting off, just launching the MVP, getting traction, getting it validated, and testing the idea. And you're probably thinking, guys, (laughs) read this literature, this is what you need right now. Test quickly, fail early.
1: Right, top speed. It's all about execution. Yeah.
0: Okay, Manos Nation, do not forget my offer to help each other out. I'll send you a list of 100 grants to fund your startup. All you have to do is leave a five-star rating on iTunes and then tag Manos Accelerator on a social media post. Again, leave a five-star review on iTunes and then tag Manos Accelerator on social media to receive a list of 100 grants to help you fund your startup. See you on the next one. Okay, as you continue to grow and take your career forward, where's the best place for people to stay in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing? Um, that would be
1: my Twitter account. Um, so at Osai Garo and at Ripple VC.
0: Excellent. We will be sure to link those in the show notes. Mr. Osai, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of this with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed this.